Welcome to the WNCT Podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Not On Your Side Sports Podcast. Brian Bailey, Sports Director at WNCT-TV, joined today by Ken Watlington and Jason Boyd on our fine staff at Channel 9. Gentlemen, welcome. We're talking NCAA tournament memories with March Madness. March is a great, great month. I think we all agree with that. And, and I think before we even go to our conversation, you think back to 2020 and not having the tournament. Yeah. What the heck did we do the whole month of March? Uh, stayed in our houses, I think, right? I think we did. <laughs> Made funny memes about, you know, the pandemic. Uh, and such, yeah. it was, we were lost. A lot of us were lost souls with, with no brackets yeah. and, and nothing in March. But uh, better days, better days for sure it's also a good time of the year to work at a cbs affiliate right it certainly is and with uh, cbs tnt tbs and true tv i made the joke on the air the other night that this is the time everybody scrambles to find out (laughs) if they have true tv i don't have it yeah some of the games are on true tv and that's part of the cbs uh tnt tbs deal but uh, in the first four, those games are always on True TV. All right, let's, let's go back and, and just talk about some of our memories of, of the NCAA tournament, things that, that stick out in our minds. And obviously, I'm the oldest of the group, but I've been fortunate enough to go to three Final Fours. Anybody else been to a Final Four? I went to the 2009 Final Four in Detroit. Okay. So you, you kind of – and when you get a chance to go to a Final Four, it's it's – Almost, ma- it's almost like Super Bowl like. It's kind of, it's kind of magical. You're there for the national semifinals. You get Sunday off, and then you gear up for Monday. Uh, some of the things I remember in Charlotte in 1994 when Arkansas knocked off Duke. Remember that was the defense. Uh, Forty minutes of hell. Yeah, remember that. Nolan Richardson. Nolan Richardson was the coach, but President Clinton w- was going to be you know, at the championship game that night. So they told all the media members that you better be there early on championship Monday. You remember all championship games are at nine o'clock basically what 920 tips yeah so uh, i remember getting to the coliseum about 4 30 and standing in line forever and a day i mean it took forever to get in because you had to be screened and and this was you know pre 9-11 but still you had to be screened had everything had had to go you know you had to get parked early had it, it was just it was just bizarre to be at a final four like that anyway but to be there with the president that was that was pretty cool yeah the secret service really does they, you know they, they did a good thorough security. job yeah yeah thorough job but that's the uh, year that arkansas knocked off duke my first final four was at the metrodome and what i remember about that in 1992 was that even though it was the first week of april it was bone chilling cold and the metrodome where it was located and where you had to go from the hotel you walk through all these you know these over the 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 uh, road tunnels kind of t- like thing. They were they were just, you know, passageways with glass and, and trying to get through and navigate all of that. It was it was really different, especially for a southern boy who'd never been <laughs> to a big city like uh, Minneapolis. Not that that's the biggest city in the world, but it was a huge, you know, it was downtown and you had to walk through all these places and trying to get your work done. And I just remember that it was, but it was cold. And all the trees, I remember they were just dead because they hadn't <laughs> come back to life yet. You know, yeah. we, we left eastern North Carolina that year and everything was starting to spring out a little bit the, the green grass and the green trees and then <laughs> you get to uh, minneapolis and it was all dead and in 1999 i had a chance to go to tampa for the game there duke was a big favorite to beat uconn but uconn upset duke in the national championship and, and that was that was another that was a cool experience because the hotels were all right around you know the coliseum there yeah. so you kind of walked anywhere you wanted to go you can walk back to your hotel room to edit and it was uh that, that was kind of a, a, a neat deal you talked about uh cold 
cold weather in the Midwest, I went to the 2009 Final Four in Detroit. Ugh. And I was living in Toledo, Ohio at the time, which from my apartment to Ford Field, where the Final Four was, about 60 miles. So not bad at all. So I got tickets uh, early, knowing that the Final Four was coming. And I was like, look, I'm going. It's I can sleep in my own bed, go to the Final Four. I'm going to do it. Well, North Carolina ended up making it. My parents both graduated from North Carolina. So I already had tickets. My dad came up. And I was able to experience North Carolina winning the Final Four with my father, who graduated from UNC. So that was, you know, one of the better experiences of my life to be able yeah. to, to be there with him to see his alma mater win the national championship. And and they beat Michigan State in downtown Detroit with, you know, ninety percent of the crowd wearing green and That's white cheering for Michigan State. And and that Tar Heel team in two thousand nine was was stacked, and they just throttled Michigan State. Yeah. It was a fun time. What about you, Jason? We think back to the NCAA tournament. What do you? What well, do you there's think three about? things that come to mind. I, right. I, we, we were talking about it yesterday. Uh, the first thing was when uh, Georgetown played North Carolina in the, in the national championship. I used to always think, you know, Patrick Ewing was walking <laughs> shots left and right, and I thought he'd fouled out because he was blocking so many <laughs> shots, and it was, you know, it was just two points. But back then, you know, being what, 11 years old and uh, watching it was just you know, kind of a surreal moment to see him do what he was doing. The next year, obviously, uh, the Wolfpack, you know, win the national championship by beating uh, Kim Olajuwon, and, and that was yeah. really five slam a jamma. Yeah. yeah, and then the other one is uh, the Winter Rebels team that beat Duke. You know, you had uh, uh, Larry Johnson, oh, Stacey yeah. Augman. That that team was just so electric, and that was one of the. Uh, I guess the big times when you saw Duke start to really, I guess, flex its muscles, and then it ran into a, a buzzsaw. But then obviously they get the revenge, you know, the following year. So, from a, from a, I guess, a participation or from a, a standpoint of just watching them, those are the three that kind of stand out because the first two really sort of molded me as far as uh, my sports uh, future and such. And then the Duke one was really kind of, uh, 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 I guess, fun in a sense because you were, I was a Carolina fan. You get to see Duke get throttled for a chance, so that was kind of <laughs> interesting. But I guess the question I wanted to ask, and it just popped over my head was Charlotte the last yes. kind of small place where they host the you know because now it's all in the big domes and stuff yeah we I were trying to figure out last night I asked Ken that you know what, what how do you describe that it was the last you know normal size coliseum mm -hmm. to the host last the arena four. specifically for basketball and hockey right. the rest yeah. are yeah. made for football You're that they've been in since yeah then. can't call them domes all now because right. they just have the you know retractable roofs and whatnot right. but yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're yeah. playing in football stadiums. So but that was Charlotte, and that years. was and that was the old Charlotte Coliseum. Correct. Well, I say that there's been three, right? There, there was the one there's on the Independence. One Independence, and this one was Tyvola Road, right? And that's, and that's the that's one gone. that's gone now. But that's where it was at, right? Yes, yeah, the, yes. But that that building was built. It was it was outdated before it even started. Yeah, they built it. <gasps> I think pretty quickly for the Hornets way back in the you right. know, late '80s, and it lasted. 20 years, maybe. Yeah. And then they built that new, you know, I think it was Time Warner Cable Arena for a while now in Spectrum Center in downtown, yeah. which is which is nice. They're going to have some some NCAA tournament games there in the future. No Final Fours, though. And, and here's the thing, you know, in, in working here for so many years, we've had a chance to go to a lot of uh, the, the first and second rounds and, and that kind of thing, even the regional finals. Uh, several times the regional finals were in Greensboro. Mm -hmm. The trick for the NCAA tournament is that as a television station, you have to cover a team all the way through. You can't just apply for credentials for the final four. Right. You have to go the first and second round. So if they play in Raleigh or Greensboro or Greenville, South Carolina, or anywhere you can get to fairly easily, Easily, it's 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 fairly easy to do it. The the question is then if they go to the next round, you know, can 
can we as as the 100th market send somebody and send yeah. a crew and we were able to a couple of times you know through the years but it's very difficult uh your bigger stations obviously you know can get that done a little easier but you have to go all the way through and there are stations i remember you know they would wait till their team got to the you know final four and they try to apply and you're not getting it you're not getting mm-hmm. it yeah and uh, the last tournament i covered i think I, I guess it's the last full ncaa tournament that was 2019 our, our old colleague zach maskovich and i went up to columbus ohio right and uh UNC was one of, I think that season, three ACC teams to be number one seeds. Uh, it was Carolina, Virginia, and uh, and Duke, all number one seeds, I believe that. Year. I know Carolina and Duke were That for was sure. a big year for the ACC, and yeah. the ACC certainly isn't at that level right now. No. But you know what? Maybe they'll, they'll surprise somebody. Yeah, we'll find Virginia out. Virginia Tech looked like they could beat anybody in the ACC tournament. So, And it's interesting you said that because you and Zach went that, that direction. And because I was it one of the Raleigh teams, like North Carolina A&T or Central or somebody was playing in, in the, the first, first four. four. Yes, correct. So everybody was gone to that game. And, and you guys just, were able to get Roy Williams you know, yeah. that night. Yeah, we were the only one was really uh, cool. at the team hotel. This was on a, uh, oh gosh, I can't, I'm guessing a Wednesday. I'm thinking I think it they was played on Friday. Thing. Something like that. Wow. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, we're getting video of him coming in. And Steve Kirshner, the uh, SID for UNC basketball, said, you, know, you want Roy? Of course we did. So, yes, sir. And, and Zach, you know, interviews him one-on-one, and I'm doing the camera. And uh, that, was, that was a pretty good get for us. Right, it was a very good get for, for our station and for Zach Maskovich, who did a great job when he was here at WNCT. Now he's down in Orlando. but uh, And he gets a chance to, to get into the NCAA tournament some, too. Yeah, he does. And he gets some NBA. I think he was at the game uh, when uh, Kyrie dropped 60. Uh, yeah. The other day against the Magic. So yeah, good stuff there. Yeah. All right, let's, East Carolina only has two uh, appearances in the NCAA basketball tournament. I thought it was only one because it's only been one since I've been here. But in nineteen seventy-two, Ken Wallington <laughs> said, "I think they went in the seventies." And as soon as he said that, I, I thought it might be a possibility. They lost to Villanova in the first round in nineteen seventy-two in that appearance, and then in nineteen ninety-three, we remember East Carolina won the Colonial Athletic Association championship. That was Lester Lyons and Ike Copeland and that bunch. And they uh, did such a great job in winning that tournament. Uh, East Carolina then played North Carolina in Winston-Salem. I remember that game started about 1020 that (laughs) night. It was one of those late night deals. And we didn't go on the air until well after midnight, and we were trying to go live and trying to get the, you know our work done there. And it was it was extremely difficult. East Carolina really played a good game against a great North Carolina basketball. The team. eventual national champion, exactly. Mm-hmm. Carolina went on and won the national championship. Lions scored twenty seven, and it's a night that those guys still talk about. And you know the funny thing that I remember about that that team, and then the next year when we went to interview some of the guys at Media Day for basketball, they all talked about going back to the tournament. The next year, mm-hmm. you know, we're, 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 our goal was to go back. Our goal, and this team hasn't been back since, since 1993. <laughs> yeah. wow. That's a long time. Maybe Coach Schwartz can figure that thing out when he gets in here. <laughs> Good luck to him. But, but uh, yeah, it's, it's possible. A, it's possible. It's just a tough nut to crack. Uh, yeah. You know, East Carolina basketball. I was fortunate. Uh, my first job out of college, I, of course, I went to UNC Wilmington. My first job was at WWAY in Wilmington, and uh, three of my first four years on air, UNCW made the NCAA tournament. And I got to travel with them. And in 2002, 20 years ago, it's hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Seahawks were the 14 seed sent out to Sacramento, California to play in the old Arco Arena against third seeded USC. And the Seahawks got it done. And not only professionally was it just wild to be there and, and knowing that we get to stay two extra days and you know continue to cover the tournament as an alum of UNCW to be there to see them win, which is still their only NCAA tournament win. 
uh, to be there in person. It was uh, definitely one of the highlights of my life. You know, to tell you something, how things have changed, and I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but CBS, you know, they didn't used to show all the games, nope. and they used to come mm-hmm. on at 1130 and show a game on tape delay. Yeah. Now imagine, and I think, was it Jordan's last game that, when he when lost, they to Indiana. lost to Indiana? Yep. That was shown at 1130 Eastern, if I'm not mistaken, on tape delay. Yep. Now think about that with Twitter and all the social media and all the streaming and everything with, like you said, True TV, TBS, TNT, CBS. But, but back then it was on, on tape delay and it was at a, right after your local news, yep. it came on and that was when uh, Carolina lost to Indiana that year with Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And the way the, the whole March Madness thing has changed, I would say it probably, you know, really got kickstarted with magic and bird in 79. And then, you know, Jordan Ewing, all those, you know, great games in 82 and then state in 83, but it was the Duke teams in the early nineties in Michigan and then Carolina when March madness really kind of took hold. I think, you know, probably been about 30 years now where it's just been this thing that everybody, even if you're not a big sports fan, you kind of get into filling out your bracket and, you know, wishing the Cinderella team pulls the upset. And it's, it's amazing how much it's changed. And now, you know, you mentioned true TV and TNT and TBS and us at CBS, every game's on live in its entirety somewhere if you can find it but it's on and jason and i were talking about that because in the old days you know the the times would come out and then the, the net it wasn't like the networks it was cbs but as a cbs affiliate you had to pick and choose which games you wanted to show right mm-hmm. and so it was like okay we always knew we'd have carolina always knew we'd have duke you know well, i was we're playing at the same time exactly mm-hmm. and that, that could happen and then the other thing was i'd go in and talk to our, our programming director and say okay we want to try to look out you know you know at the time conference USA or the Colonial or yeah. now the American because you know you know we see these teams in Greenville so we want to keep an eye on them as well and and you know so it used to be kind of like that and we all meet and you know jot them all down and there you'd have it and then I, that was one of the big stories I'd have on that Monday night it's, okay here's our here's our <laughs> schedule for WNCT coming up because you couldn't get it online you couldn't get it anywhere all else right. and so and now we're at the mercy <laughs> of the NCAA right. and the networks and luckily I think uh, in the first round we get Duke on right. on WNCT but North Carolina Friday plays. Prime time. Yeah, North Carolina plays on TBS. So you know, good for the fans. You can watch it somewhere. Right. Not so good for us that our local and more well-known teams aren't going to always be on our network in the later rounds in the final four they will be and, and it's one of those things too that some of the, the big events in the ncw tournament you know it's almost like you remember where you were when bad things happened like when 9 11 i know exactly where i was at when i first heard which is a you know real downer but but like the ncw tournament you know when, when bryce drew hit his shot i remember we we were covering the tournament walking through the press room and somebody said, "Hey, you got you got to you know check this out. They got a shot here." And then boom, boom, psh, and he made the <laughs> shot. And it was like holy moly! And every, the whole press room went crazy. Yeah. It's like you know, even back in when Jim Valvano and State won the national championship on, on the you know, alley oop or whatever you want to call it. But you know, Lorenzo Charles and and just that that Wolfpack team. I mean. That was that was a cool moment. I remember it was uh, I was I was at my first wife. We weren't married. We were dating at the time. But we were at her house and we're sitting around watching it. And I'm thinking like, you know, this is history right here. Yeah. And it was. And I didn't know that I would be entwined in that history 
later on because when Valvano, I think I've told this story before, when Valvano was going through all of his, his problems and everything, we got a call from a professor who was living down at the beach and he was trying, he was say, saying that, Hey, you know, they're, they're trying to change grades and this and that. And so we did a story with him and then Peter Golenbach wrote that book and he yeah. quoted us in the book. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we were, I think we were in Charlotte for the ACC tournament, the year that Valvano finally lost his job and everybody was walking around following him to ask to talk to him and he said he would talk after practice so he started walking around so everybody's following him and I don't know how I ended up in the front of the line it's kind of like everybody else took a step back and I was standing there <laughs> and I looked up and coach Valvano turned around and looked at me and said okay I'll, I'll take a couple of questions you go first and I thought oh well here you go <laughs> and I said I said coach how you how you dealing with with all the pressures from the outside right now and, and he gave us a good sound bite but you know it scared me to death yeah, it used to be about the coaches a lot of times, the Jerry Tarkanian and individuals oh, yeah. like that who were characters in a sense, you know. And, and now it's it's really uh, not so much about the coaches, but it's about the players, obviously. It's, it's the atmosphere itself. We talked before about how the ACC tournament, you know, we'd have the television rolled in to watch yeah. the games and stuff. Yeah. You still had that for the NCAA tournament. And now it's, it, like I said, it's such, so much of a, of a bigger thing. I mean, it's online. You go to bars and stuff. You know, the, the first round of the tournament is on the same day as St. Patrick's Day. So it's kind of a double whammy in a yeah. sense for – yeah, taking that day off. <laughs> Congratulations! I'll be here until the last game's over, so, and then I'll do uh, the news. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's still that spectacle that we uh, have come to know it from. But obviously, with St. Patrick's Day, it makes it a little bit more. But yeah, it, it's just you know, the, the first two days, all the games that are taking place, you watch them on every single channel. It, it's weird that the national championship in the final falls on TBS. It's not but that is that is strange. You know, that was a we- that was a thing. You, you took time off. You know, you you, you know, raised your schedule so you could watch those two games. So so much of it has changed, but. Really, it's all uh, the same in a lot of ways right, as far as the games and the atmosphere and the pageantry and everything else that comes with it. And as soon as they started putting the games online, they had the boss button. Remember the boss oh, yeah. button? Yeah. So if the boss is coming behind you, you hit a button and a big spreadsheet would come up. That's not going to work for some of us. No, because it's, it's not going to work for us. The boss is going to know. You don't even know how to read a spreadsheet. I don't. Hey, luckily, but, we've uh, got a boss who uh, who worked at ESPN for a number right. of years who's a big sports fan. So uh, I'm yeah. not saying he would encourage us, you know, watching basketball the whole time. But no, I think he'd understand. That's part of the job. And, and in 2019, when Virginia won the national championship as a Virginia fan uh, growing up, we talked about that last time with the ACC stuff. But I, I go back and look at the ACC uh, network special they did on that Virginia team and, and, and the odds of what they did. And they, they may have been – they were very unlucky to be the first 116 loser. Yeah. But the next year, all that bad luck manifested into good luck because they were as lucky – and most of the time when your favorite team is, oh, you guys got lucky, you say, you fight them. You're like, well, you didn't get lucky. No, no, that team, that team was lucky. And, and there was, you know, the Purdue game when Kihei Clark threw that pass the length of the court. Amazing. And uh, uh, Diakite caught it up high, shot it, made it, sent it to overtime. Yep. Uh, the Auburn game was when uh, Kyle Guy got fouled and hit three, three free throws. Yep. And mm-hmm. I was just shooting a three. Uh, it was just, uh, it, it even the the national championship game went to overtime, and they were down, you know, to by, Texas Tech. Texas Tech, yep. they were down late in that game. So, I love this time yeah. of year, though. It's, it's I just too. I have so many great memories, and and a lot of them have to do with uh, losses. Uh, of, of, you know, my alma mater or teams I'm following, you know, like uh, one of the great buzzer beaters of all time was 2003, the first round in Nashville when Maryland was the defending national champion. And they lost, you know, Juan Dixon and, and a couple of the guys that led them, but they were still a really good team and they're playing UNCW. So I'm there for work and Wilmington's got the lead with 5.1 seconds left. Maryland's got the ball and Drew Nicholas hits this ridiculous 
one leg runner from three, nothing but net. And Maryland wins the game. And I remember 10, 15 seconds before that, before the ball is inbounded, I'm looking over to uh, one of the other guys from one of the competing stations, and we're thinking, oh, man, we could stay in Nashville two more days. Yeah, this and that's not, a bad, that's not a bad assignment yeah, either. This is great. And then he makes a shot. I'm like, I think we're going home tomorrow. Oh, that's <laughs> tough. All right, before we let you guys go, let's get your national champion pick. Who do you pick in the win it all in 2022? Jason. Oh, gosh. I mean, you, I, you can't pick a number one seed. But I'm going to go to Kansas because I think Kansas played in a very tough conference, and I think they are probably playing some of the best basketball right now. But they are prone to lose uh, a lot. <laughs> I was going to say. You're not expecting them to. So of the four number one seeds, and, and that's probably where I would go because I, I can't pick Duke or any of the other two seeds, I'll go to Kansas. All right. Ken Wallington. Is there any way – then Mike Krzyzewski is not going to win a national championship in his last season. Yeah, yes. well, well, let me just tell you that. I said there's no way he'll lose his last game in Cameron. And then I said, I think for sure he'll win the ACC tournament. Yeah. That didn't work out either. Exactly. So I don't so think he's going to win his now. I don't think we're setting it up. Duke's for the not national. good enough, I don't think. They are good when, when they buy in. They're playing defense. And, you know, I saw him against Carolina in person in Chapel Hill. And they looked phenomenal. And then, you know, they've lost two out of the last four here down the stretch. If they get it together, they can win it all. Will they do it? Probably not. Uh, I'm going to go with Villanova. Villanova. He goes, all that Duke stuff, and he goes to Villanova. <laughs> you know, I'm just being facetious. But, you know, a lot of people have said that online on the on the Twitter.com. Oh, it's just set up for Mike Krzyzewski in his last yeah. year. But you're right. They said that about his last home game. Yeah. They said that about the ACC tournament. So, uh it probably will be none of the teams we talked about. Who you got? I'm gonna, I'm going to take Gonzaga. I just think Mark Few's really? too good a coach not to win the national championship. He's got to win it some year. I think they got a really nice team, and I just decided that's what I'm going to go with. So I don't know why I said eggs. Villanova. Yeah, I mean they, they've won what two of the last five, but well, they could win it. Uh, I mean, and it, and the, the fascinating part about the tournament is that you know they offer all these millions for a perfect bracket, and nobody, it's never happened. I mean, it's just impossible. It's crazy. And you hear you know stories about people that, that they pick it because based on color, whichever color they like better. That's the way, and they do better in the in the pools <laughs> yeah. and, than the rest of us. Well, so. We've actually got a story on the website about <laughs> the people who came the closest to making those perfect picks. It's really kind of interesting how uh, the philosophy they went through as far as making those picks and and what derailed them in a sense but really? uh, there have been some that have come really close but it's like one in eight quintillion chance Ooh. of getting a perfect bracket wow. so I don't think anybody's doing that so. one in eight quintillion that's like that's, that's like a lot of zeros and getting married <laughs> same odds I, I wish I had a good comeback but uh, you know <laughs> Such is life. Oh, we love you, man. I'm just kidding. We love you. All right. We're going to close out the Not On Your Side sports podcast for Ken Wallington and Jason Boyd. I'm Brian Bailey. Thanks so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the Not On Your Side sports podcast.